episode 188 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we reveal latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And we just straight lied to you because Rogue One is not out on Redbox. But hey, it's a special episode to start the new year. We did it last year with Force Awakens. Figured, let's do it again. Let's make try to make it a tradition. Star Wars, you're, you're on, more on the rotation. Wars. Yeah, nothing. Nothing in the world. Nothing that Disney couldn't buy. Yeah. But we'll also sure. also be talking about our top five most anticipated 2017 movies since it is the new year. It only makes sense. But uh, before we get to Rogue One, I thought we could just reflect on 2016. Was it a good year for movies, for the podcast? What do you think? It wasn't the best year for movies. Yeah, I agree. At least from what I've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. There's a lot of the uh, end of the year stuff I haven't seen yet, but which is usually pretty much the strongest part of the year these days. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it's not that every movie was terrible. It was just I've also looked at it with a little bit of a uh, perspective, though. It's been year after year good movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. At least the end of the year stuff. I mean, there's so many released every year. It's only, by luck even, you could be getting like 20 good movies. But this year was uh, a little flat. I feel the same way. Um, And luckily for our podcast, we kind of get the last year's good movies towards the beginning of the next year, since that's when they start hitting uh, DVD and stuff. So that always helps. But... Yeah, as far as 2016 goes, at least from... Actually, I've been catching up on some more of the holiday or the uh, the bigger releases, the more awards or critically acclaimed stuff, and there's more stuff than I thought that I've liked a lot, but in general, I've like a lot of the movies that people loved, I just felt were good but not great, and yeah. there just hasn't been that... Like, usually every year there's at least one or two, sometimes three, like, great movies that just have a chance to crack my top 100 of all time but this year not so much yeah so far nothing there's a couple i want to see that i don't know maybe they aren't that good but yeah the big ones i want to see manchester by the sea moonlight yes. and silence those are the three yeah, that i think will have the biggest impact but and la la land obviously is getting a ton of love but I don't know. It's a musical. I've liked playing like a few musicals in the past, but it's not my favorite genre, but we'll see. Yeah, it takes a lot for me to like actually see one. Yeah. But we'll get to that, I'm sure, in the next few months. But for now, let's hit up Rogue One. Let's get in our uh, ATSTs and walk on to the... I don't know. I'm trying to make some kind of Star Wars uh, metaphor, but let's talk about it. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, This is the in-between official releases, I guess. Episode 7 was last year, and Episode 8 is coming out this December. But in-between, we're getting these anthology series where it's a standalone story. And this one lives up to that hype, I think, even though it's kind of a prequel. But the synopsis is the Rebel Alliance makes a risky move to steal the plans for the Death Star, setting up the epic saga to follow and yeah, I'd say it accomplished that goal. Uh, yeah. 
expectations <laughs> were clearly high coming into this. I mean, you knew there was going to be Darth Vader. You knew that the gloves were off because, you know, these aren't characters that we see in the future installments, so they can pretty much treat them. You know, like, you don't, going in, you don't know if they're going to live or die, which adds a bit of suspense when in the main storyline, you pretty much know the main players are going to at least be there till the last movie yeah, yeah, of the trilogy. True. But, uh, yeah, I know we both had it high on our, like, most anticipated movies for 2016. How did it stack up? Uh, pretty much lived up to the hype. It yeah. wasn't, uh, it's not a perfect movie. Certainly not. But uh, I like what it adds to the Star Wars world. It gets a little bit more texture and, um, I don't know, the stuff I like, like, it explains, like, the Rebels a lot more. Like, you get to see that, like, they're actually established in place. Like, they have some power, even though shit's going down for them. Yeah, and I like that they're kind of split. Like, it's not just... I mean, Star Wars is pretty much black and white. Good versus evil. Flat out. But here you got... Um, what's his face? Um, uh, Forrest Whitaker. His character is like a more extremist rebel yeah. than the other guys. They don't they don't even want to mess around with him. It's like they're actually trying to kill him because they feel like he's getting in the way of their mission by being too extreme. And then I, I just like they added a little bit of gray. It's still pretty much black and white, but they added some shades of gray. And, uh, yeah, I like that about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty dark for Star Wars. Yeah. Even though Star Wars isn't super cheerful either, but... That's true. And right off the bat, good guys versus bad guys. I forgot to mention. Good thing uh, I didn't forget completely. But we're going to have full spoilers in this review. So, I mean, the movie's made over nine hundred million so far at the box office. Uh, If you haven't seen it, just wait on this review until you have. But I think a lot of people have obviously already seen it. Yeah, it's not like the first weekend. Yeah. So, on that note, everybody dies. And I mean everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. I mean, I I knew a lot of them were going to die. I thought maybe you would see the main character, Jyn Erso, make it out alive somehow. But nope. <laughs> Toast. When they first gave, like, the plot synopsis for this movie before it came out and said what it was about, I thought this was going to happen because I remember the lines specifically from... I guess it's the first Star Wars where she says a lot of good people died to get you this information. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was hoping that would happen, and it definitely lived up to my expectations. <laughs> yeah. Not that I wanted the characters to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It just adds... Yeah, I don't know. It just shows that it's, uh, it makes it a little more realistic, because this was clearly a high-risk suicide mission, basically. Yeah. Because basically all the other deaths in Star Wars are pretty ceremonious. You know yeah, what I mean? like, exactly. Like Han Solo in Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> Epitome, really. But. Yep. But yeah, so I'd say overall I really, really enjoyed the movie. I had a great time. I went out and saw it at the movie theater uh, by myself and just really enjoyed my experience. Um, I think the movie has a great pace to it. I think... Uh, Obviously, the second half is the best when it's pretty much just a war movie, all-out action, and good action at that. But 
even like some of the slower parts, which were just like necessary to get you there, I felt like they didn't linger on anything too boring. It pretty much got the job done and and uh, you know kept a good pace. Like I said, yeah, I I thought the movie was a touch long, but at the same time, I don't blame them for any of the the slower things or because. To be honest, in the end, I'd kind of rather them be there and rather soak up as much of a different perspective of Star Wars as I can. I could see me watching this movie a few times and picking up on more of the little things. Yeah, and like I love just the world. I mean, obviously, Star Wars is known for like incredible world building on its own, but this I thought was really good in that aspect too because you got different planets we hadn't seen before, and it just it felt more realistic or naturalistic the way it was shot it's like uh, more lived in yeah absolutely like good good example opening scene which i loved was when um what's his name galen or or so uh meets ben Mendelssohn's character general krennic and it's, it's just amazing by yeah, the way. yes but i just love how just watching even the grass blow with the wind and just the, the visual tone that they set right away was great like this seems like a real planet you know you yeah the, um, moisture farming kind of reminded me of inglorious bastards a little bit yeah absolutely i got that vibe you know the badass villain coming slowly walking confidently to you plus kill. the whole imagery that the empire has with the nazis in the first place true adds to it yeah and the little girl running away who would grow up to become a foil yeah definitely some parallels there for sure yeah i love the opening scene and i feel like uh like the planet of jetta and even darth vader's castle his lava planet castle or whatever and the final planet i can't remember the name of it uh the main action like i thought all these planets felt Yes, like Jetta's seemed sandy, similar. Like they kept going back to the same general idea that they would go to, but it felt different enough to me to to stand out as their own places. Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, so I guess we could just go by character the character for a second because there's a lot of a lot of characters in this movie. A lot of new <laughs> yeah, characters. Uh, and basically, my biggest complaint is that. These characters, because I liked most, if not all, of the characters. I just didn't feel like they had enough time to be fully developed before they lost their lives. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. Like, especially all the side characters, the people that seemed the most interesting. Yeah. Before they even really got a chance to, I don't know, become attached to them a little bit, they got taken away. or Yeah, but at the same time, like, <laughs> we already... Uh, you already saying it feels a little long. Like if they did take the time, maybe that would have, you know, made it even more long and would have uh, hurt that pace that I was a big fan of. You know, probably would have slowed things down too much. So I'm sure. It seems like when you weigh it out, like the way they went with this, probably better. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I just, I guess, I just wish the deaths were a little more like. I think of the war movie like a little more sudden almost yeah since they went that direction and there's only one of them where i actually felt like felt something when it happened when they died which, yeah uh and that was the droid k2so yeah which yeah, says yeah, a yeah. lot you know <laughs> that the robot <laughs> is the one that uh 
I was like, no, because <laughs> he was probably one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character. Oh, yeah, he was amazing. He's, uh, I mean, they really are good at hitting these droids really well. Like, even BB-8 last year was a great new addition to the yeah. droid universe. And I feel like they've done a good job with these things, just in movies in general. Like, uh, like uh, Interstellar, for instance, it's such like a serious movie and all, but the block droid ends up being a smart ass. Or... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I love the concept of K2SO, who's a Empire droid who, you know, got his shit completely wiped, and, and I what, now he can only be bluntly honest about everything he's thinking? Yeah. But uh, he's the... Security c- measure. <laughs> yeah. He's the comic relief, and I thought he was pretty funny. He worked pretty well. Yeah, it wasn't as forced as I thought it'd be, especially after, like, to be honest, after I heard so much about him, I was like, eh, maybe this is a little overdone. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a couple lines that might have been a little too cute, but overall, yeah, I agree. It was pretty funny. Like, when she, when Jin accidentally shoots or shoots one that looks exactly like him and he comes walking <laughs> yeah. right after, like, you knew that wasn't me, right? <laughs> Pretty good stuff. But before we get past the droids, what did you think of the C-3PO and R2-D2 cameo? Because um, that was probably it seems one that of my... I don't have as much of a problem with it as other people do. Yeah, that was one of my least favorite parts of the movie, to be honest. But at the same time... Like, I heard one person say, like, with like with all the CG people, it would have been better if they were, like, implied. Like, you kind of saw them down the hallway or something like that. Like, Yeah, this was a glaring... Sort of <laughs> Here we are! Or... Yeah, I agree. Or have them be on, at the very end with, with uh, Princess Leia. Yeah, because I didn't think Leia looked too bad, but Tarkin really bothered me for some reason really i was kind of the opposite i guess yeah let's get into this i thought quick. it was a little bit too much like what did they call that the uncanny valley yeah it's like the closer oh. you get absolutely it definitely was there for sure but for whatever reason like i heard before i even saw it all the complaints about how bad it was but in in action like i thought it looked good actually i thought it, they've come a long way in this it probably won't age well that's for that's probably true but I don't know. It didn't bother me too much, which yeah, but I, I, I can understand so, if it did. To be honest, I think I'm just kind of jaded because basically video games have gotten to that point where, like, if, especially if it's a cutscene, it's like movie quality or more. And you see a lot of these faces, and I don't know. I just, I guess I could pick it apart a little bit easier. Yeah, it was more of the body movements that when I really could tell. Yeah, and I just didn't understand why they did him in, like, full lighting and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good point. I just thought the scene could have been done better to make it, you know, yeah. little tricks and stuff like that to make it look even better. Yeah, it's basically they were, like, whipping it out and saying, look how good it is. But yeah, exactly. maybe it wasn't as good as they thought. But, yeah, so uh, let's get back to the characters. Um we have Jin Erso, the main character, played by Felicity Jones. Basically, another version of Ray, a little, with a little like more established. Yeah. Version of Ray, and I liked her, but not as much as Ray. That's for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. She did a good job, though. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, she's a good addition. You got um, Galen Urso, Mads Milkerson, who we mentioned earlier, plays her father, and I thought he was great, even in the limited time he had. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, always if he was on Mads. screen, more, he'd be, like, best supporting yeah. or something. Like yeah, that. definitely. He's always good in everything, and I was actually surprised he died when he did. Yeah, me too. I thought he I was going to be in it more. Before. Yeah. Really. Even when that was happening and and uh, he, or they killed all his uh, scientist buddies and then the rebels were coming in, I thought he still was going to live. But And same thing with um, Saul Guerrero, played by Forrest Whitaker. I thought for sure he was going to live longer than he Yeah, he was the biggest surprise for me. <laughs> yeah. That early, at least. He seems like the anti-hero that's going to join the crew and maybe con- be convinced that he was a little too extreme, but nope, he's just going to go ahead and die. Um, but we got Krennic, the, I guess he's the main villain here, even if he's not the highest ranked. Yeah. Uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. I think you mentioned it. He's incredible in this movie. Yeah. I mean, perfect casting. Yeah. I mean, actually, when I heard he was cast and he was going to be a villain, I didn't think it was going to work. Just, And I love him as an actor, but he just didn't seem to fit the style of a Star Wars movie. But, man, he really I guess he can do anything because I bought his character, Hook, Line, and Sinker. He was the one that I felt like was the most developed. Yeah, I, um, yeah he definitely seemed the most along. Like, he fit the most in the universe to the new characters, I felt like. Yeah, and I just feel like you could see where he's coming from. Sure, he's a villain, but I mean, he's he's basically like um, in an office building. Like he's the middle guy trying to work his way up to management, and he's getting shit on by both ends, and and he's just yeah, got to do the job to get the. Promotion. Got his own kind of evil going on, but he's at the same time kind of like a working class. Yeah, it doesn't seem personal. He's just doing the job. Yeah, I was gonna like. I said in the first scene, kind of um, Inglorious Bastards, I think that's also the thing that reminds me of that, is how he's sort of, like, polite, even if he's doing... Terrible, terrible shit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. stuff to you. For sure, yeah. So, yeah, he's the standout. Him and the droid, probably my two favorite characters in the movie. But we also have Cassian Endor, who's, like, the Rico Suave... Uh, not love interest, but you could see it going that way if they wanted yeah. to. Um, just the, the charismatic, good-looking main hero guy. But he had a little bit of a bite to him. I mean, he killed his source in cold blood. Yeah, I mean, he he's not as vanilla as we're kind of putting him out to be. Yeah, but still not the most interesting character of the movie. Yeah, definitely. And actually, he also is one of my biggest problems was when, like, a scene before he decides to go with Jin and get this whole team together, he's like, I follow orders. That's what I do. That's what a good soldier does. You know, you're in the wrong. And then next thing you know, he's like, I'm all in. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Suicide mission. Yeah, there's, like, little plot holes like that where it's just like, why would they be doing this? But And I think it's from the reshoots, because apparently they did a lot of reshoots and actually changed a lot of the movie. And that's oh, why really? some of the trailers and commercials, like, there's a lot of scenes that didn't make the actual movie. 
Hmm. And I, I guess, guess I noticed that. Yeah, actually. that was the only place where I noticed it. Other than that, I thought they they did a pretty good job. I sort of just assumed that the trailers were there for like tune, uh, yeah. rather than they actually I, switched. Yeah, it. I still think it worked for that in that case. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also have Chirrut Imwe, who's the blind guy, who's kind of force sensitive, but he's not a Jedi. Thought he was a really cool character, actually. Yeah, I, going in, I thought he had the highest chance of being the cheesiest character. Yeah, but I proved him wrong. For sure. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's beating up a bunch of stormtroopers with a bow staff, basically. Never. Yeah, I thought he was going to be more monk and less like badass. But... Yeah, I mean he's. I mean, the blind guy. I never thought I'd see martial arts in a Star Wars movie, but. Yeah, it was, and it worked. I thought it was really cool. I mean, some of the stuff with, like him shooting down an X-wing, or whatever, or a Tie fighter, just from like, (laughs) just sensing it, that was kind of weird, but still worked in a badass way. And his death scene was like, you know, kind of Jesusy. Yeah. (laughs) He uh, he's just walking. I'm with me, the force. I'm with the force, and the force is with me. Almost like he brought the religious aspect of it up. Yeah, for sure. And his buddy Baze Malbus, he's pretty good too. He's like the big guy with the big gun. You've seen that trope in like some RPGs and video games and stuff. Oh yeah. And I guess the last character is the pilot. Who's played by the guy from the Night of, um, Riz Ahmed, Bodhi Rook. I thought his character, he did a good job playing that character, but he didn't really I make a mark. I was going to say the same thing. Like, I thought he did a great job, but his character was... Yeah. Not much going on there. But yeah, so and I guess you got the villains. You got Darth Vader, who, man, what a scene in, yeah. at the end there in the hallway. Just straight badass wielding that lightsaber cutting them down yeah i like how powerful they like put across that he is like don't forget leaders of shit <laughs> yeah did you mean to rhyme <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah i liked his scene other than the don't choke on your aspirations i liked his yeah, scene with uh <laughs> yeah his scene with krennic it just shows how how feared he is even without lifting a finger Oh, um, uh, yeah. But yeah, so that's the characters. Pretty good. Uh, I thought the movie looked great. It was well made, had good, great special effects. Like some of the oh, scenes amazing. in space. Some of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, in space when they're pushing the Death Destroyers together. Like that is some crazy good model work right there. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's so standalone. I mean, it's not. It's not like you can project ahead because none of these people are going to be back. Yeah, I was going to say is, and I've actually listened to a few other reviews where people say this. Like they either focus on the negatives or they're like, "This is a great movie." I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very rewatchable. Like you said, if it's ever on regular TV, I'm going to put it on. It's just for that. Yeah. That last hour alone is just like a pure war movie and greatly directed action. Like, 
I was surprised actually how good it was. Yeah, this is a. I think I like this um, model they got going. I don't know if every single year is realistic or maintainable in the long run of things, having a Star Wars movie, but I like that they at least give like the main saga some time to breathe. Yeah, I agree. Like, don't, don't, we want to have a trilogy done in three years. Boom, boom, boom. Like, sometimes you got to miss it to, you know, have it be more impactful when you do get it. And I, I like it too, but what do you think uh, about the Han Solo movie next? Are you looking forward to that more it or less? It could be awesome. Yeah. It could be really cool to see him just, you know, I'm sure he's a smuggler even before that. I like the just casting. Just to see how he became whatever, but... Yeah, the casting is great. With um, Lando as... Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, oh, I don't know. From you Community, guess, from so Community good. in Atlanta. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm blanking on his name, but yeah, him and then Alden Ehrenreich. Oh, is it uh, Donald Glover? Yes, <laughs> Donald. Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, Donald Glover. Is it Donald Glover? Danny's oh, the older guy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I remembered Alden Ehrenreich as as Han Solo but not Donald Glover see I always I can remember his like face but I never remember his name (laughs) yeah he's great in uh, Hail Caesar and I think he'll be good as Han Solo but yeah I mean I just don't know and I like the directors of that it's the same guys that made the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street and stuff so I'm sure it'll be funny it'll be it'll have some life to it but I don't know it feels lesser for some reason yeah I just I feel like it has the most opportunity to fail essentially yeah or and Bubba Fett hasn't been completely confirmed but that I think is the rumored other standalone that they're working on and and that yeah. one that one makes sense from, to me from what I heard is it was supposed to be the first one and they were like so far along and it, something happened like a falling out with the director yeah. or whoever the guy Josh Trank who made Fantastic Four he kind of huh. got blacklisted in Hollywood after that. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I just I like the Bubba Fett idea because I think he's the most overrated character in Star Wars. Yeah, he's the guy who's only been in like a couple scenes. Yeah, people oh, absolutely love him. Vader. Yeah, like his best scene is in Empire Strikes Back or something when he's just intimidating with a look in the hallway when he's with Darth Vader or something like. He's barely in any of the movies. Yeah, he is cool character design and has a few moments, but man, people absolutely love him. And maybe now they can actually give him a reason to. <laughs> but yeah. Um, where would you rank Rogue One as far as Star Wars movies? Let's see. Um, probably somewhere... Maybe number four, number five. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I think I would go Empire Strikes Back, and this is where controversy comes in. I have The Force Awakens number two, um, and then A New Hope, and then I would probably put Rogue One before Return of the Jedi. I actually think I liked it better than Return of the Jedi. I think I would have it at five. Yeah, <laughs> I, think. I could see that. It's got to be better than the prequels, so... <laughs> At least, uh, excuse me, 
at least until I um, see it again. But yeah, I think I'd have like a Return of the Jedi, New Hope, Force Awakens, or Empire, whatever, whatever and then Rogue One. Yeah. Sorry, I'm blanking. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give my rating strong, solid eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a solid eight. Yeah. Just a really fun movie, but it's not one where I'm like, act, honestly, I haven't thought about it too much since I watched it. I just had a good time and then was on my way, and I, I think that's fine. That's what he needs sometimes in a blockbuster. Didn't have a lot of that in 2016. Yeah, I think it um, it satisfied kind of what I wanted out of it. Yeah, and for I sure. didn't do much more, much less, but I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. And Edgar has to love it because it pretty much single-handedly won him the fall box office draft. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, but yeah, I guess we have... Or I think you're toast. You're completely done. But yeah, I imagine so. I have the slimmest of slimmest chances and honestly it's like 0.01% chance of winning with the Oscars, but... He just, like I told him on Twitter, he just needs to... He's like, he's like he intercepted the ball... And he's got a free straight lane all the way to the end zone. As long as he doesn't drop it celebrating before he gets there, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, so. that's a good way to put it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to our most anticipated movies of this coming year. And I'm always excited to make this list every year. And then every year I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. All the movies that I would really be excited about haven't been announced yet. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty much only blockbusters that we know about. I mean, there's a few movies like the new Terrence Malick movie, new Edgar Wright movie, uh, the next Cloverfield uh, movie is coming out at some point this year, but don't really know anything about them, so it's hard to really put them on this list. Yeah, exactly. And because of that, like, I was gonna, I wrote an article for Baltimore Sports and Life. I was going to do my most anticipated movies, but instead I decided to do the 2017 blockbuster movies to see because, you know, that's all it would be, blockbusters, so I figured I'd lean into the curve there. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I'll put a uh, link in the show notes to that little article I did, but let's get into it. Um, 2017, at least on paper... Looks like it should, should be way better than 2016 when it comes to the blockbuster movies anyway. Yeah. Because 2016 had to be one of the most disappointing blockbuster seasons or years uh It started off time. pretty strong, though. I mean, Deadpool came out in, like, what, February? Yeah, February or... Yeah, I think it was February, but I didn't I like that. I've seen that it overperformed for the time it came out. And yeah, made money. People liked it, but... For me personally, I did not like it very much. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as other people did. But but yeah, that's a good point. And then you had Civil War in May, which made a ton of money and was really good. And it closed out strong with Rogue One, but other than that, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's hope the paper lives up to it and it actually comes to fruition. So what's your number five most anticipated movie in 2017? My number five most anticipated movie is Logan. That's mine as well. Wow. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Um, says a lot, I think, 
for me for superhero movies making my list. Yeah, you're not the this biggest This looks fan. awesome. I like them doing something different. Yeah, what an awesome trailer. We'll get to that next episode with best trailers, but this, for me, was definitely one of them. Oh, for sure. Definitely agree. Uh, yeah. Kind of music and tune. Yeah. It seems like, like a Western uh, road trip movie with yeah. superhero, and it's rated R, so you know <laughs> that's pretty cool. Deadpool yeah, paving the way. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like it's going to be awesome, like just Wolverine, Professor X, and, uh, and uh, X-23 on a road trip, probably facing some bad guys. Looks like Wolverine's healing ability isn't working as much. Basically taken from the old man Logan storyline in the comics, so has a lot of good signs as far as a superhero movie, for sure. Yeah, for sure. What's your number four? My number four is Spider-Man. That's my number four. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to keep this going. We got to keep this going. <laughs> yeah, man. Go ahead. Talk about it. Um, this looks awesome. Uh, what's I can't remember the actor's name. Tom Holland. Tom Holland looks like the perfect Peter Parker. They finally went back to him being like a... High school age. Yeah. Yeah, like high school age. Wisecracker. It's funny. He's kind of just getting used to his abilities, I guess, or at least, like, the responsibility of having them. Plus, I guess there's probably going to be a decent amount about him living through high school. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, I like that it's going... It's doing that thing, like, kind of like Logan, where it's taking a Western road trip movie, merging with superhero. This is doing, like, a coming-of-age movie combined with the superhero movie, and I think that's awesome. Obviously, yeah, much better than the standard, like origin story movie like yeah I like how they're splicing the genres yeah I agree and obviously Spider-Man is my favorite superhero he's always been one of my favorite just pop culture characters in general my whole life I've considered getting a tattoo of Spider-Man at some point <laughs> uh, we'll see if that ever happens but uh, yeah I think it looks amazing I love Tom Holland and this iteration of Spider-Man in Civil War over the summer and it looks like they're just basically taking everything I loved about his little cameo there and giving him his entire movie, which is what I wanted. I'm glad it's going to have a lot of the uh, high school stuff because reading the comics, that was always what was interesting about his character is that he's this badass superhero. But, I mean, he's just a, he's just a kid. He's in over his head. Everything is new to him. So yeah. I like that about it. To and, me, it seems like... They've seen how well Guardians and even like Deadpool have done with actually putting comedy. Well, I mean, not that Iron Man and stuff isn't funny too. But yeah. And speaking of seems Iron like Man, they finally found their right like balance. Yeah, they got a formula down, and I love that Marvel is helping in this. Uh, they finally, you know, merged kind of with Sony to help each other out, and Iron Man will be in this movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I like Michael Keaton as the villain. I think he sh he should be good as the Vulture. The only red flag I have is the suit of the Vulture. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say the actual <laughs> look of him is a little crazy. But yeah, hopefully it works better in practice, but yeah. I agree. We yeah. are simpatico. Let's see. Can we keep it up? Number three. All right. My number three is... 
probably not the same. Okay. I know Ghost it is. In the I knew it. I was going to guess that. Ghost in the Shell. I think this actually looks like pretty awesome as a movie. And I've recently been watching the um, Ghost in the Shell animes. Like there's a handful of movies, and then there's a couple shows. And it's one of those animes where a lot of animes and manga, they um, sometimes the stories don't like necessarily go together. Like mm-hmm. Every time is sometimes a reboot. Like sometimes they have like partially part of the same story, but I don't know. It's it's kind of odd. How, but I haven't watched all of them, so maybe I'm just kind of missing something. But they sort of reimagine things, and the movie is apparently a mod podge of all of them. Nice. Yeah, the I've creators been... said uh, that it's pretty awesome. So I mean, as that in the trailers give me hope. Looks yeah, cool. I've been almost willfully ignorant about this. Like I haven't watched any clips. I th- the only thing I watched the trailer the one time and. I'm just ho- I mean, I'm hoping this will be a, a surprise for me once it actually comes out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the original Ghost in the Shell is pretty awesome. They've remade it like three times. Yeah. Sure. I know. It's uh, definitely one of the biggest name animes around. Yeah. Um, and Scarlett Johansson actually looks a lot like her. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, love Scarlett Johansson, so. I'll watch yeah. it. Uh, my number three, I'm guessing, is on your list. It's Christopher Nolan's newest movie coming out this summer, Dunkirk. Yes. Cool, yeah. Um, it's my next one. All right, cool. Yeah, your number two, my number three. Just looks, the, they had the one trailer, so we still don't know like a ton about it necessarily, but seems like a really cool story. He's finally doing a war movie. Uh, every director has to at some point. Yeah, he's got he's a great. Perfect <laughs> yeah, he is. He's got that sensibility, but he's got a great cast around him: Mark Rylance, Tom Hardy, Cillian Murphy, Brendan Gleeson, I think. Um, but it just looks. It looks really cool. It looks great. Um, love the airplanes flying ahead. Yeah, it does. It looks like. Well, hopefully, it's a little bit of a twist. It has. It has like a, a darker tone to it, visually. It's like a moodier kind of. Yeah, it seems like it, for sure. But yeah, I'm super stoked. Anytime Christopher Nolan's making a movie, like this is the one movie on my list that is more creator-driven than just blockbuster. But anything yeah, yeah, he does sure. is a blockbuster. So, your number two was Dunkirk. So I'll say my number two is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. All right, this is my number one. Is it? All right. Yeah. We got a lot of the same going on here. Uh, yeah, just I think it looks great based on the trailer. It looks like they've picked up right where they left off. Looks, yeah, the action looks good. The CG looks good. The comedy looks hilarious. Yeah, it looks funny. It looks exciting. looks visually great again. So, And you got Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone added to the cast, so... I'm in. I am all in. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite. I believe I'll be in the theater for this one. Nice. It's impossible to get you there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, first one was my favorite Marvel movie, and I'm hoping this one's even better. Yeah, agreed. 
Well, my number one, since mm-hmm. we're talking about Star Wars, it's Star Wars Episode Eight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't make your list, but... I didn't put it on there just because it wasn't a trailer. Oh, yeah, that's Honorable true. mention. I don't even need a trailer. I, uh, I loved The Force Awakens so, so much. Loved all these new characters, and I can't wait to revisit them. Um, really want to see more of Rey, Finn, BB-8, um, the Poe Dameron, the pilot played by Oscar Isaac. Uh, yeah. And I I even love Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I love him as Kylo Ren. Yeah. People are weird if they don't. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was amazing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I And just the fact that Ryan Johnson, who was been one of my favorite, like, young directors for a long time, he's writing it and directing it, and he's writing the ninth one. Um, it just has me excited. I don't need to see anything. I know he's going to nail it. And I know there's, I mean, probably the highest expectations maybe I've ever had for a movie, but I just feel like it's going to be this generation's Empire Strikes Back because it's all there, man. It's all there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's it. Um, no, I mean, I totally 100% agree. I was looking at my honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask you. Um, well, my first one, of course, was Star Wars. Which could have easily been my number one, to be honest with you. But I was looking through trailers while I was making the list. Yeah. Um, Alien Covenant. Yes. I believe does have a trailer. Yeah, let's talk about it. Pre-Judgment Day right now. Um, did you watch it? Yeah, I think I did. It, it has a... Sorry, <clears throat> I'm choking on my water here. but It has a very horror vibe to it. Yeah. Seems like they're trying to get back to basics, which, I mean, Prometheus kind of flopped, but I liked it. I still I liked see, it. Yeah, I was going to say I liked it. I didn't lot, think it actually. was great, but it was. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Seems like they're trying to throw Alien in the title. It's like in between. I feel like uh, in between Alien and Prometheus, you got Michael Fassbender back as the android, which is awesome. He was great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you got Danny McBride and James Franco. Which, which is, is a cool um, selection, possibly. Yeah, hopefully they bring some humor to it, but can still have the chops to make it like a action horror type thing. Because it, it does look great. It, it looks does, like yes. The Back to Basics look, look scary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, didn't see a ton of footage with that trailer. It was more of a setting the mood, setting the tone, but I yeah. thought it looked good. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Just the fact it's Ridley Scott. And... Yeah, well, man. it is Ridley Scott, right? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, alien, so. I'm prejudging it at 8 out of 10. 8 and a half for me. Nice. Any other honorable mentions? Wonder Woman. Okay, I'm hopeful, but I don't know. DC. Yeah, I don't know how the movie's going to be, but it it looks good. Like I kind of want to see it. So she's great as Wonder Woman. Yeah, like, but, but DC, we'll see how the movie goes. I DC don't know. has to earn my trust back. Yeah, agreed. Um, Kong or whatever, oh, Skull Island. Yeah, man, that's one of my honorable mentions. That looks good. And uh, Blade Runner too. That's also in my honorable mentions. 
The only ones that you didn't have that I would have is War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, well, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I'll honorably mention that honorable mention. <laughs> there you go. And this one is a little off the beaten path is from what the kind of stuff we've been talking about, but Beauty and the Beast, the live-action remake. I have thought of putting this on here, but I know I'm not going to watch it once it comes out. So <laughs> I will make you because we'll review it. Okay. But, uh, it does look pretty good, though. Yeah, I mean, I love Dan Stevens. He's playing the Beast, so you can't really see him, but I love that actor. I think he's going to be big one day. He's going to be a star, I'm telling you. It looks like pretty good to the um yeah animated one it looks very faithful to the animated version which i think is good because the animated version is great uh i like emma watt not emma watts is it it's emma watson right yeah yeah hermione she looks good as Belle, and um yeah i'm just looking forward to taking my daughter to see this movie with me i think uh it'll be fun i think uh They've done a great job with these live-action remakes, which I think has surprised both of us. At least from have you, you have you seen many of them? I know the Jungle Book you watched. Um, did I watch Tarzan too? Yeah, that's not Disney though. Fuck that movie. Is it? Maybe is it, it was. Maybe it was Disney. I think it is. Yeah, it probably is. But still, that that's the exception. <laughs> I didn't like that one. No, I don't think I've seen many of them. But uh, Cinderella was good. And now I'm drawing a blank, of course. Maleficent. I liked Maleficent a lot, so... I don't know. I'm... And Pete's Dragon was the other one. Yeah, I liked that movie quite a bit as well. So, yeah, I think they're doing a good job with it. Hmm. So, I'm I'm hopeful. Alright. Yeah, it, I bet you it makes a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. It's probably going to get real hyped, like, kind of late. Yeah, it comes out in March, so... Not too far away. All right, so let's get to what else I guess I watched this week. Yeah, sorry, I've bought Battlefield One, guys. I've been he's been working, battling away, battling. Got to win World War One. Got to, or else history will be changed forever. All right, so I watched twenty four things since our last podcast. I will not go into depth about them all. I'll just say right off the top uh, some movies that I'm I'm hoping and I'm and that's one thing for this year 2017 I guess if we're doing resolutions for the new year I want to do a better job of or we should do a better job of picking which movies get reviewed yeah I agree because I mean we still got to hit the big ones even whether they're good or bad we hit the biggest blockbusters obviously just because you know we're trying to just get a feel for what the pop culture, the zeitgeist is going. But at the same time, I like to try to do some more interesting or indie movies, just stuff that has a chance to really, you know, make an impact. Yeah, I agree. There's, and, uh, yeah. We do too many. Mediocre blockbusters. Like, okay, but. Yeah. I 100% agree. Or, you know what I mean. It, you can't pick if movies are good or bad, necessarily. Yeah. But, but a movie like Warcraft, maybe we could have found something Yeah, else. exactly. Maybe we just could have mentioned, you know, we saw that and it sucked. And a lot of that is to blame for me because 
I mo- obviously I was moving last year. I was out of action for two months, and it was kind of like a lot of stuff going on. So I was just like picking the easiest, quickest thing I felt like we could do. Oh so. uh, yeah, we were kind of opportunistic. Yeah, with everything we were doing. Plus, it was hard getting back into the. It wasn't hard getting back into podcasting. It was hard getting back into like the routine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I agree, and that's the thing. I'd also like to try to do better. I mean, I like like I'll let your listeners in a little bit of a secret. Pretty much for the this whole year, we've been doing recording two episodes at once, so we have two week break in between recording. And uh, I still I don't mind doing that. I kind of like doing that because it I don't know it just allows for us. But to every do other week things, makes but, it a little less, lack of a better word, like painful. Sometimes, because yeah. when you have such a long break all the time. Yeah, it can, like, uh, it adds rust a little bit. Yeah. With, yeah sure. I like to try to do it a little more weekly if when we can, just so we're more consistent and we can keep the groove going or whatever. So, but yeah. Yeah, before our thought process was really more in case something comes up or whatever, we'd make sure we'd have the content there. Yeah. Which I liked, but it has its upsides and downsides, yeah. just like everything. But it does make for a long night. And yeah. you got to remember from a movie you might have watched two weeks ago. Right, exactly. But yeah, so, all right, I watched some movies. Here are the movies I watched that we'll probably review on this podcast. I watched Moana, the latest Disney movie, and um, I liked it. That's all I'll say. Um, Loving, I watched Loving the newest Jeff Nichols movie about the the couple, married couple who, they get married in, I believe it's Virginia, and it's apparently against the law for black and white interracial marriage and it's basically the Supreme Court fighting of that and uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. that gets a thumbs up for me, I'd like to review that on here, watch American Honey, this is a Andrew Arnold movie Showing Shia LaBeouf, 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 and uh, <laughs> and uh, like some non-actors, some new actors, and I'm very interested in reviewing this movie with you. I think uh, it's not going to be for everyone. I liked it a lot. I think you will like it. So I think we could have a good good talk about that. Um, also, watch Doctor Strange. Definitely got to save that one because it's. Oh a- yeah, I'd really want to see this one. It's good. It is good for sure. I don't want to say how much I liked anything because it's got to leave some suspense. But <laughs> I also watched The Birth of a Nation, which I'd like to review. I watched Nocturnal Animals, which is the Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Um, it's really weird, but definitely worth talking about. And Blair Witch, the new one. I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm iffy. I'm iffy on if we should review this or not. This feels like it's one of the ones we would have reviewed for sure last year. Uh, I wasn't a big fan. Hmm. It has its moments, but... but uh, yeah. I didn't hear great things about it in the first I place. I was really disappointed because I like those filmmakers a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we should review it. I didn't like it very much at all, actually. Yeah, maybe we'll skip that then. Yeah, unless there's nothing else going on, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's get to some movies. I'll still go quickly through them. I watched Trolls, 
the animated movie starring Justin Timberlake with the singing <laughs> trolls and uh, not good, not good at all. Um, it's just like a jukebox jukebox musical where it's just playing predictable songs and dancing or whatever. It's it's stupid. Yeah. Also, Storks is not good. Just for anyone that was going to go watch it, uh, the animated movie Storks, not very good. I give both of them five out of ten. I also give a five out of ten to Middle School, the worst years of my life. Seems that, like you had a pretty good run of things. <laughs> that's just no. I'm just talking about my life experiences now. No, that <laughs> that that movie, it was. It's not a cartoon. It's like just very. Maybe if you are in middle school, or I don't even know. I feel like it's for an immature middle schooler or an, or a mature elementary schooler would like this movie, and that's about it. Interesting. I watched, Maybe classic years down the road when those kids grow up. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So speaking of that, I watched rewatched Blank Check. Did you ever see? Oh that? yeah, I remember that movie. Where the kid. Gets a blank check and then he cashes it for a million dollars or something and <laughs> yeah. just does whatever the hell he wants. Like that was my movie back. In the day. That was my middle school worst years of my life back in the day. Loved it. Uh, doesn't hold. Like doesn't hold up super well. <laughs> but uh, some nostalgia. Yeah, just, he cashed it for like a million dollars, but he's living in like a fucking. $8 yeah. House and... and yeah, <laughs> it's like he cashed it for a trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah, pretty ridiculous, but some fun if you're a kid, I guess. So that reminds me of the line from uh, Austin Powers when he comes out of cryo and he's like, "I want one billion dollars." They just laugh at him like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> not even that much money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I watched Daddy's Home with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Um, Daddy didn't like it. I don't. That was stupid. <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it had its moments. I just Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell obviously are just fun to watch no matter what. But it's not a great comedy. Yeah, it didn't. It could have. The people that are in it, it seems like it. Even though it looked bad, maybe it would be better. But Wahlberg's kind of hit flatline for me a little bit. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> we'll see if um, Patriots <clears throat> Day can save the world, save his resume, but I don't know. All right, the last of the bad movies I watched. I had never seen Gone in 60 Seconds, and yeah. I've heard tell that it was like a good Nicolas Cage action movie. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I did not like it. You got it's, Angelina Jolie in there. It's It's very, like... Fast and the Furious type shit. Didn't love. Yeah. Didn't love. Uh, let's see. I watched Florence Foster Jenkins, which is the Meryl Streep movie and Hugh Grant, where she's a terminally ill wife to Hugh Grant, and she loves opera, and she wants to become an opera singer herself to fulfill her dream before she dies. I think that's what it is. And then he goes along with it, says, you know, you, yeah, let's do it. They're rich. They put all the money into it. She has like a terrible, terrible voice and is not good at it, but 
she becomes big anyway, just I guess for the irony of it all. And it was, it doesn't sound interesting on paper, but not usually my kind of movie. But uh, it was not bad. It was pretty good. Uh, like a s- six out of ten. I mean, it was. I can see why peop- a lot of people like it more than than that. But for me, it was an enjoyable watch for something I thought I was not going to like. Um, let's see. I watched Love and Friendship, which is a period piece drama slash comedy based off uh, what's that old timey novelist Jane Austen. Jane Austen mm-hmm. novel. Uh, again, better than I expected it to be, but just not exactly my type of movie. I'd probably give it like a, a light seven, heavy six and a half. And let's see. I watched Splash. Have you ever seen Splash? Um, no. Tom Hanks falls in love with a mermaid. No, definitely. Not. I think it's one of Ron Howard's first direct, uh, directed movies, and uh, it's not bad. It, Tom Hanks is pretty good. Young Tom Hanks, he's uh, he even was good back then, man. He's just got it. And, <laughs> Tom Hanks is just always Tom Hanks, baby. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Uh, it doesn't hold up spectacularly well, but I enjoyed it for what it was. And it's weird because it's a Disney movie. Is the first ever PG-rated Disney movie. Because, really? Yeah, because Ron Howard insisted that the mermaid be topless. And Disney wanted uh, them to have a bathing suit top on the mermaid. But he said, then it's not a real mermaid. This, you know, I'm trying to make a real movie here or something like that. And yeah, there's actually nudity in a Disney movie. Huh. I mean, not a lot. It's they hide it with hair and and stuff. But there's a few moments where you get some nips, and it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> this movie isn't famous for anything. It's that. Yeah, and uh, I, they're remaking it. I think they recently announced. So I'm in. <laughs> I just assume every movie's remade now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. I also watched. The girl on the train. Okay. Um, we might. I think we might review this, um, but just in case, I'll give a little more detail. This is the, the story, uh, the movie with Emily Blunt, who plays the girl on the train, uh, who her life is in shambles. She's got a drinking problem, but she gets invested in as she passes by these select houses just like following the drama of these people living in these houses and she sees something that she shouldn't and it's kind of like a thriller I think it wants to be Gone Girl but my god it's far from that Um, really? yeah I was really disappointed by this movie but it still might be worth talking about Uh, Sam, my wife loved it but she doesn't watch a lot of movies so don't take her word for it um, yeah, I don't know. It has moments like Emily Blunt is great. She's really strong as uh, in the lead role, but overall, wasn't much of a fan. Hmm. Felt a little too contrived, and it just for a thriller, I wasn't thrilled. Like even though crazy stuff was happening, it wasn't very propulsive. 
I wasn't in it, so yeah, to speak. So. Just to like, compel you, even though it was happening. Yeah, exactly. I watched Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> Another <laughs> okay. classic. Have you seen this? Um, I don't know. I think I have, like on TV or something. But Yeah. It's Morgan Freeman plays a hired help uh, driver for this old Jewish woman. Um, and she's very, like, you know, <laughs> it's a classic story of borderline racist uh, hard woman who is over the course of the movie becomes best friends with him and you know yeah from they like love to hate each other yeah curmudgeon to softy uh one best picture 1989 that's crazy <laughs> but uh it's still i thought it was still a pretty good movie it was pleasant it was uh Everything you would expect. I'll give it a 7.5 out of 10. Cool. And, uh, yeah, so I'm watching, like, Splash, Driving Miss Daisy, and the next movie I'll talk about I watched because I subscribed to Hulu, and they have some decent movies on there that I hadn't seen, so I've been checking them out. I uh, got Hulu because The Bachelor is back, and Celebrity okay. Apprentice. Celebrity Apprentice as well, and... And I can't get them through my PlayStation View, so the only way we can watch them is through Hulu, and that's what we did. And I get the added benefit of other stuff being on there. They have some decent shows. Yeah, they do. And I actually yeah, have... Um, Dave loves that Red Oaks Oh, that, that's Amazon. Oh, is it? Yeah. But my apologies. God, I can't remember. I got that too, though, now, since I got Amazon Prime for Christmas... I got oh. the holy trinity of streaming services. <laughs> Netflix, and Amazon. An app that'll just show them all in the same thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. That would be nice. But I'm yeah. trademarking that. <laughs> Hulu actually oh, has... They have all the Indiana Jones movies on there. Oh, man. So, that's pretty cool. If you're into that, I'm not the biggest fan of Indiana Jones, but I know a lot of people are. Yeah. Including you, I guess. Lots of people. <laughs> Lots of people you don't even know about. <laughs> I believe. Uh, I watched... Yeah, the next one I watched was American Graffiti. This right. is the classic George Lucas movie from 1975, I believe, before he made Star Wars. Uh, this stars Ron Howard, director of Splash, and a few other people. Uh, it's like set in the 50s? Yeah, I want to say it's set in the 50s. Yeah, I think it's the 50s. Have you, you seen it? Um, yeah, it was one of my stepdad's favorite movies. Yeah, um, makes sense. I couldn't, like, break it down for you, but... Yeah, I guess if you grow up in that period, it has to be awesome, because it seems yeah. very true to the times. And it's... I heard someone... I read someone that said it's basically dazed and confused for the 50s, which, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It just follows these kids that are just getting out of high school, I believe, and just spends, like, one night as they go cruising around a town trying to pick up girls and, and very Richard Linklater type stuff. Yeah. And I liked it. It was good. Uh, good performances. Had some humor to it. Well made, yeah. What happened to George Lucas after this and then Star Wars? Man, he just... Stop Big trying, one, I guess. 
<laughs> what did you say? He probably just had a bunch of yes men around him for the rest of his career. You yeah, know? that's true. He actually didn't direct many movies after the original Star Wars. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, I give it a, a 7.5 out of 10. I would recommend it for sure. Um, the last movie I watched was on Amazon Prime. It's a 2016 release that's getting some indie buzz. And I really, really liked it. It's called Cresha. Cresha. It's basically like a dysfunctional Thanksgiving movie. It's uh, it's beautifully made. It stars Cresha, who is this older woman who... And the way the movie plays out is, is great. It's like you don't know anything going in. It just starts and you're following this woman as she's trying to find a house and then you slowly figure everything out just through the natural story going forward. There's no exposition, no voiceover, nothing like that. Uh, but but it works. It's perfectly done. Like layered just so that just when you're like wondering what's going on you can kind of put the pieces together yourself. I don't know. It's hard to explain but I just love the way it's set up and you follow her. She knocks on the door uh, she goes in, it's Thanksgiving, it's her family, but you can tell she hasn't been around in a while. It's kind of like she's been gone and now she's trying to reintegrate herself with the family. It's just very naturalistic, realistic, and it goes from there. I don't want to give a lot away, but I would strongly recommend it to people. Cause yeah, it seems pretty cool, from actually, what you're saying. Yeah, it's, I'm having trouble explaining it, but it's just really, really good. Um, I can relate to some of the problems in the movie. You find out that Kreisha, like, there's more to the story, and you find out in a good way. And um, yeah, it's only 80 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes, so it's like a short watch, but it's right to the point. And uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, eight and a half out of ten for me. Nice. And Good to check that out. A couple other things real quick. Um, I watched the Sense8 Christmas special, which they released on a couple days before Christmas, like a two-hour episode of the show, to get us ready for season two, which premieres in May of this year. Did you ever give Sense8 a chance? No, I never got around to it. I really uh, enjoyed it. I do it. want to see it, though. It's, yeah, I think it's good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I binge-watched the first season when it came out and liked it a lot. But for whatever reason, I could not get into this Christmas special. I don't know if it was just because I've been away from that world for so long, and they kind of just jump right back in, you know. Yeah. I would have liked to get myself a little back, <laughs> my mind back in that mind space. But, I mean, it was it seemed just like more of the show, and I don't know. I didn't love it, but I'm still going to try to go along with season two when that comes out. Because I did like the first season quite a bit, but it's weird how that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from, though. It's, it's like, just like this would have been better if it was like a week break or something like that, and then this came out. Or... Yeah, and I guess that's a problem sometimes when you binge a show in like a day or two, or yeah, then... rather than take it in ever. Yeah, because I know Sense Eight. It's like it had a weird setup. It's not for everybody, but I dug it. I got into it, kind of like the OA, which I just watched a few weeks ago, and 
Hey, yeah, I don't know. Like, just a year and a half away from it. Uh, it's kind of like, um, I think it. if you watched Westworld all in like one night, think all the stuff you would miss. Yeah, that's true. Day. Yeah, you don't have the podcast and the articles and week to week to get really ingrained yeah, in you your don't head. really chew on it at all. Yeah. Yep, and I guess that's what happens. Netflix, take note. Yeah, it ruined cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I still love binging shows. But it's yeah. sa- kind of the oh, same some thing. Some shows are great for it, and some shows yeah. it doesn't lend to. Same thing happened to me with Narcos. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you reviewed the first season. I liked it quite a bit. <clears throat> and then I watched the first episode of season two, and I couldn't get into it, and I still haven't watched it. Yeah. I, although... If I remember correctly, it took me like an episode or two to like care again, but it gets pretty good. Yeah. Towards the end of the first half and the second half. I still, I've heard nothing but good things. I still am going to eventually try to get into it. Hopefully we'll see. But even BoJack Horseman, which is a show I really, really liked, for some reason I just haven't watched season three yet, even though it's only half an hour episodes and it's sitting right there. And I like the show. I hear you. I've seen a couple episodes of it, and I've liked them, but I've, like, not watched the show at all. Yeah, who knows? There's just so much stuff out there. Movies, TV. Yeah. you got to pick and choose somehow. All right, but I watched Celebrity Apprentice, like I mentioned, uh, started. And um, this Arnold Schwarzenegger taking over for uh, someone. I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> interesting. you got Chael Sonnen. From MMA, you have Snooki from Jersey Shore, John Lovitz from Saturday Night Live. It's not the most star-studded cast of Celebrity Apprentice, but I love this show just from the aspect of these these celebrities just making fools of themselves. And uh, it's almost like a laugh-at-it-not-with-it kind of show. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a guilty pleasure, but Arnold is pretty good as the host. He's got some funny moments uh instead of you're fired he says you've been terminated which is very predictable oh my god but it's so cheesy it's so arnold it's great uh but the main reason i watch the show is because rob has a podcast (laughs) they they podcast about it and it's always better than the episodes themselves so (laughs) making fun of it and stuff like that and like i said the bachelor not, I watched The Bachelor with my wife. I'm not really going to talk about it. It's the same thing every time. Don't know why this show is so big. But Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure, for sure. 25 to 30 hot women chasing after one guy. Man, that's the dream, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, Nailed it. And last, but certainly not least interesting, watch the first season of The Walking Dead. Did you? Yeah. Finally caved, started watching it with my wife. First it, season's pretty good. First season is good. It's only six episodes. It's a show I've been very skeptical of, um, just because I haven't heard the best things about it. I heard it starts off strong and then kind of fades, or it's very inconsistent after that. But, yeah, I watched first season, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Now, I think... I might be in the minority, but I'm pretty sure I didn't love the second season. Yeah, that's what I hear. I think it's like the second half of it or something. It's been a while. 
Yeah. I think in retrospect, the second season isn't horrible, though. But well, actually, but the <laughs> third season, it got me again. The show's very, like, up and down. Yeah. But at least I can see how it could be entertaining even when it's bad because it seems like it's got good production design, good, you know, makeup with the zombies and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, actually, right now, just like with Shameless, my wife is upstairs leaving me in the dust watching season two. <laughs> I'll pr- it'll probably be a show like that where uh, most of the time we'll watch it together, but she'll watch it on her own at the same time. So I'm not I, I'm not dedicated enough to watch all 115 episodes that are on Netflix, but uh, I'll try to keep up with it as much as I can. Yeah, I'm sure you'll watch chunks here and there. Yeah, I just like to get caught up. Once we're caught up, I'll probably watch it week to week, just to be part of the conversation. Yeah. It's one of the uh, biggest shows out a there. a show that I personally don't like watching week to week. That's really? why I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it was a very bingeable season. We literally watched it all yesterday. So Yeah. I, I don't know why. It's just a show that I only like watching like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rick Grimes. Finally know who he is. Rick actually... People love him, but think he be- starts becoming such a cheesy character because he just he starts becoming so kind of like predictable. Really? You'll see what I mean as you watch it. I I mean it just kind of making fun of the show. I mean I've already picked out some gripes because like how good of shots are these people? Yeah. <laughs> Headshot every time no matter what. And video games. Every, like every character. And then uh in the first episode or two, when Rick goes, I don't know if you remember, but when Rick goes into Atlanta, the city, to uh, try to get supplies or whatever, and then there's the people on the roof, and it's like this crazy mission to get him to the roof and then to get them out of there, and then over the next few episodes, they're like in and out of the city, like it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what happened to all the problems? Yeah, whatever. But... but uh- that sort of plays out a little more. You start realizing there's just cities are a bad place to be generally, but they're like zombies are almost like tides. Yeah. They just like, they tend to clump together. So if you get unlucky, they might just run into thousands of them. And it seems like a show where it's not game of thrones it's not westworld where you know your the most intimate details are important and yeah it's kind of a show you gotta just enjoy yeah like if you ever think the show you kind of realize it's cheesy yeah yeah so i was been making fun of people for watching it for a long time and here i am yep (laughs) caved i caved to the pressure I knew it would happen eventually. Yeah, I did too. It was only a matter of time, so let's give it a go. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Red Box Report. I am on. T- I am fucking this up. I am, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I am here to talk into this microphone. Yeah, uh, you can follow the the podcast on Twitter at the Red Box Report. I'm personally on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. Shoot us an email at theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Like us, rate us, give us a review. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. We will see you <laughs> next week for the award. <laughs> There's this one podcast I listen to that the end of every episode they say, and from our podcast to yours, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, very, uh, very truthful statement. All right, we'll catch you next time. The award show is next week. We'll see you then. Yeah, see you.